you're listening to the really useful podcast we are the tech podcast for technophobes i'm christian corley with me this week is ben stegner ben how are you doing hey doing good christian i was checking our uh, skype history i don't think we've talked since november november or, no, not talked but we haven't we haven't gotten on the video call since November, so that's hard to believe. Yeah, we. I mean, we've definitely communicated since November, but uh, wow, that's. Uh, I mean, that's that's three months. I know. I, I was wondering what the last time was because usually it's like three or four weeks in between shows, but yeah, that's a long time. That is a very long time indeed. Uh, yeah, so we're recording this in February twenty twenty one, and. This is the third episode of the seventh run of the Really Useful Podcast. And this week, we're looking at the importance of updating software. It's basically how to update everything. Now, there is a device in your hand, perhaps one you're listening to this on, the one you're watching it on, the TV, the games console, the media streamer, whatever you're using, and it runs software, and it invariably requires updating and i think it's one of those things that it becomes a bit of a chore so you then opt for maybe the automated update and then that can run into problems and maybe you think well i'll turn that update off and then nothing gets updated I and mean, that's happened to me ben yeah i've had that happen before too especially like when i in the past when i would help people they would say, oh, my computer's having a problem, and I'd have my standard places I would look, and it's like, oh, you haven't installed updates in two years. Like, mm. that might be part of the issue. I think that, yeah, sometimes it gets stuck, or you just think, oh, these prompts are annoying. I'm just going to turn them off and never look back at it. It is It is a – I mean, it's, it's a strange thing because it's you, – electronics require of this type require updating. You, you know, stereo systems don't need updating and – your car doesn't need updating. Although, I mean, I say that, and now we have cars with Android and um, Apple Drive, and they do need updating. So it, it is a thing that updating things has. Uh, it, it's something that has spread. It's probably going to spread into kitchen equipment as well, and very smart home hardware, vacuum cleaners. I updated my RoboVac a few days ago, firmware on that. And, you know, it's just a thing to keep them uh, running in the correct manner and for security purposes a lot of these updates are about security and keeping devices and operating systems secure speaking of updating cars i actually had to do that last time i took my car in for my yearly inspection and everything a few months ago and they wow. told me that there was a they, they said it was a recall but it was really just like a software update for the computer i mean my car doesn't have any kind of like super advanced tech it doesn't have like the 10 inch screen or anything like yeah. that i mean it has apple carplay and android auto but Something with a computer needed an update, so I didn't see any difference. So I guess it was all internal. Yeah, well, I mean, cars have had um, little ECU units for quite some time now, but my my latest car has some kind of version of an operating system that you can connect to, but it actually has that feature disabled. So it's just basically you've just basically got a touchscreen, and, and this is a 2017 motor, so it's, it'd be four years old off the production line this year. Um, and it's basically it's got a touchscreen for the entertainment and for a few settings and for the uh, climate control. And that's it. 
but th there appears to be like a, a, a setting that has been disabled that you wouldn't normally be able to hook in your um, mobile device more directly into. But uh, that's okay. uh, yeah, that's that's by the by. Um, we we're here to talk about updating things, phones, computers, consoles. Everything needs updating, and it's it's very difficult to stay on top of it. And if you're going to go for the automatic updates, you almost invariably going to find that something has gone wrong or that it inconveniences you in a way that it really shouldn't. Now, I run, a, I run two laptops. One's running Ubuntu, one is running Windows. And you can guarantee that the one running Windows will, regardless of whether I've set it to update in the evening, when I'm fast asleep, uh, when I'm eating, whatever, it will shut down when I'm in the middle of writing something. Is it only me? Does this happen to I, anyone else? I have not had that problem really at all with Windows 10. It used to happen. Like I remember like when I was in college, I had Windows 7 on my laptop and you would get that prompt that came up and said, like updates need to install, click click this button or we're going to do it in 15 minutes. Yeah. Like, and if you accidentally clicked restart, it was like, oh no. Um, I found that by setting the um, working hours feature in Windows 10, that really doesn't happen to me at all. I think... Once or twice, I might have like stepped away and then come back, and I was like at the lock screen, and my computer had rebooted. But yeah. that's pretty rare. Yeah, no, it, it it happens to me too too often, sadly. And sometimes it's also um, it's it's quite possible that I've clicked away from a, a notification in the middle. You know, there's a lot of alt tabbing goes on, uh, on on my computers. There's a lot, of, you know, task switching, alt tabbing. Maybe I've switched away from something, um, but I also find that these systems will slow down a bit. And then you're kind of forced to take the update early because it's not running to the usual performance. Maybe it's just me and the way I work. I don't know. If you're using Windows 10, updating is ridiculously simple. You just um, you got the settings menu, which you can access via the start menu, and just click the settings cog. You can also press the Windows button and I to open settings. And from that's what I do. Yeah, that's the fast way. It is. Yeah. And from there, just go to Update and Security, then Windows Update, and check for updates. That'll give you a clue as to whether or not you're up to date, whether you've got anything pending. And it's, from there, you can change the active hours, as Ben mentions, uh, view any update history. Uh, it's useful. It it does. I mean, it's a much better system than previous versions of Windows. Uh, the the Windows Update and Windows 10 is um, it's slick and it's effective. And you know, it's not perfect very few things are you can pause updates for up to 35 days if you want to that's useful in some cases especially if you hear that there's an update going on that isn't reacting well to some devices if you are using the same model of computer it's a good idea to go in to the advanced options and then use the pause updates function yeah i've used that a couple of times when i was on trips for work a few times i had my mac with me and I wanted to keep my computer on so that if I needed to remote into it to get a screenshot from Windows or something, I would be able to do that. So I left it on and then told it not to install updates for a week or whenever I was gone so that it didn't update and restart and lock me out. Yeah, using those options, you should be able to pretty much prevent it from updating when you don't want to. Um, you can use the pause updates button to keep updates away when you're really focused on something and you can't afford a restart. Um, and the active hours is good for day-to-day -day options. And it's much better than Windows 7. You're right. You don't have to click and wait for the 20 minutes for it to find any updates that are available like you used to. Yeah. Yeah. It is It is so, so much better. Well, we're on the 
subject of desktop operating systems, we should probably uh, talk about Mac OS. Sure, sure. How do we update that? So Mac on newer versions of Mac OS, starting in, I think it was Mojave, um, you actually update through uh, the settings panel now. So if you click on the Apple logo in the top left corner of your screen at any time, and then you choose system preferences, there should be a new software update option. Um, and that'll take you to a panel where it'll check for updates. And if there are any, you can apply them right from there. Um, if you're on an older version of Mac OS, which would be uh, what El Capitan or earlier, I always forget the names. Um, if, you, if El Capitan or earlier, I believe, um, if you go into the App Store, there's an updates panel, which is still there. Um, but before uh, Mojave, there was uh, system updates were applied through the App Store as well. So um, the App Store is still used to check for updates for stuff like uh, the iWork suite or any apps you've installed from the App Store. But now actual Mac OS system updates will be in the uh, system preferences panel instead, which makes more sense. Sure. Um, now, I mentioned it once earlier, and I don't want to get too bogged down with Linux. Basically, if you're using Linux, you should probably already know how to update it. Um, because there's so many different versions of Linux, it's impossible for me to just give you the answer here. Um, check on make use of for the correct method of doing that it's pretty straightforward but it does depend on which distribution and which desktop environment you're using on linux mobile devices um now this is a tricky thing isn't it ios and iphones generally speaking they demand that you're up to date and use the most recent version of ios whereas android devices tend to have a sort of an upper limit of Android, whether or not that's due to a hardware restriction or because the manufacturer just can't be bothered to prepare a version of Android that'll work. I'm, that's true, yeah. yeah. Usually with an iPhone, you get when it's available, you'll get a notification pretty early on. And even if it doesn't come up to prompt you, you can go into the software update menu and it'll it'll be there if it's ready. Whereas on Android, it's a total crapshoot of knowing when a new device or a new update will be ready for your device. Yeah, it's a real pain. I was uh, looking into a few things recently with regard to my, uh, I'm not even sure how old this phone is now, I think it was 2018, my Sony Xperia. And I, oh yes, I remember what it was now. I've been using, I'm just going to show Ben this, we're on the camera. So basically I've got this thing that's like a Scion organizer. It's a... Uh, it's a Planet Computers Cosmo communicator, okay? Oh, okay. And it runs Android, and it also has uh, it dual boots Linux as well. It's a nice, it basically opens up and has a full QWERTY keyboard. So it's like a late 90s Scion Series 5. Uh, the keyboard's almost identical. Planet Computers is uh, was formed by some former Scion engineers. So it's, it's a nice unit. It's not booting, so the battery must be flat. And basically, I was checking the Android version on that and then I thought well I can do that with that can I do that with my phone and it was the um, it was the desktop feature that's in Android 10 and so I thought oh I'll check my Sony my Sony's been on Android 9 since almost the, the day I checked to see if it would go on Android 9 I think and ever since then there's been zero serious updates and you know it's still stuck yeah, they're never going to update this. It's on Android 9. It's been on Android 9 for, for almost forever. You know, as far as Android 9, 9 goes. Yeah, um, it, and it's, it's so it gets depressing. Kind of disheartening. Yeah, it is. It is disheartening. And, uh, yeah, so it just makes me sad. Uh, updating iPhones really easy, isn't it? 
It is, yeah. So you go to uh, the settings app on your phone, and then you go into general, and then there's a software update section, and then that will quickly check for updates. And if you're up to date, it'll tell you. And if you're not, it'll prompt you to install the update. And there's also an option to automatically download and install, which most of the time is a good idea, um, unless you don't like being pressured to install it um, when, when it comes up like that. But what you're saying about Android updates is actually the reason that I switched to Nexus or Pixel phones. I might have told this on the show before, but my first Android phone was the HTC Evo 3D, which I think was running Android Gingerbread when I got it. I remember hearing about how Android Ice Cream Sandwich 4.0 was coming. It was going to have all these new features, and it was supposed to come out whenever. And then the day passed, and I didn't get it, and I didn't understand. And I had to wait for, I think it was probably eight or nine months Mm. after it came out on Pixel or Nexus devices. And so from then on, I'm like, I I want the Nexus device. Like, I don't want to wait all this time for updates. So yeah, it is is. is depressing to have a device that you know hasn't been updated in so long. Yeah, absolutely is. Um, now, updating on Android, we, we've already discussed how uh, you, you, you're not necessarily going to get the most recent version of Android. You're also not necessarily going to get exactly the same steps on Android. So uh, I'm going to basically tell you what it is on a Sony. And sadly, um, maybe I'll check the Samsung as well. Um, so on the Sony, you'd go to settings, then you'd go to system, and then you'd click advanced and go to software update, and then it would poll for an update. And... In my case, your device already has the latest available system updates. On Sony, this will be interesting. Uh, Pick your pardon. On Samsung, uh, you go to software update in the settings menu and then download and install. Uh, it's that simple. That's so much simpler. Nice? Yeah, it's pretty simple on a Pixel too. It's the same as your Sony. I think it's settings and then system, open up the advanced menu and then do system update. Okay. Um, and this is the kind of thing too where, I mean, it, it'll change a little bit on an iPhone, but with every different Android version, they'll shuffle the menu options around. So it used to be under about phone, yeah. then they moved it under system and then they added the advanced menu. So they kind of move stuff around like that. Yeah, they possibly um, move things one other a little important, bit too much. Yeah, it's like it's you should be pretty consistent so you don't have to guess. Um, one other important thing to mention while we're talking about Android updates specifically is that um, Google has actually made some good strides into fixing this problem that we're talking about where you, know, you buy an Android phone and then it never gets updated because the manufacturer doesn't support it. Um, they've actually kind of increased Android's security with updates so on my on my Pixel phone if you go to settings and open up security it might be different for you. Um, there's actually a separate panel where not only does it keep track of system updates, but it also keeps track of Google Play updates. Um, that's like a separate component with Google Play services, which is on yeah. virtually every Android phone um, that Google can kind of up. You, they can use that to basically update the security of your phone without installing a giant system update that updates you from Android 10 to 11 or whatever. So if that's an option on your phone, that's an important place to check, too, because that'll keep you secure even if you're not getting the, the feature updates. Absolutely. Um, let's hit this. So we've looked at updating desktop operating systems and mobile operating systems. One of the benefits of updating, of course, which, I mean, we talked about security and security is kind of like the optimum reason for updating, but you know, you've also got the bells and whistles that come with an updated operating system and the new features. The thing is, I, I, I do feel as though we're kind of hitting kind of plateau of features on desktops, on mobiles. It's like 
once upon a time getting a new feature would be like really great and it would add so much extra functionality whereas these days i don't really feel as though they're really adding an awful lot is it just me am i just jaded no i completely agree because i i think back to like when i was in high school and well part of it was like when the new iphone would come out and like it had siri but even just with the os update where like i'm trying to think of an example well, even like when they added a proper notification center right on an iPhone, it went from like there was an alert on your phone that just said you have a message and you would hit clear or OK to actually having like notifications on your lock screen where you would swipe them and then it would open mm. up the message right away like that kind of thing. I mean, we do get a little bit of that now, but I mean, I just installed the latest feature update to Windows 10, which is supposed to be the like the big update with all the new features. And I don't I haven't noticed a single difference like there's not one feature that I thought oh that looks different or that that's new um yeah but I totally agree I, mean, I think with most devices like even with like a, like a PlayStation for example they go a long time where a lot of the updates are just for stability or whatever and then there would be like one update where it's like version 6.0 or whatever and that's where they add new features but most of the time the updates aren't very exciting it's like one one every year or six months yeah yeah, it is. Uh, it does become. I think with 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 a reduction in new features or like flashy new features, I suppose, or game changing new features or life changing new features that develop the way that you're actually using the phone. As as they kind of reduce, then it does become more a case of like you just you're basically just pressing a button to patch your device. I remember with um, when text entry on Android, it was never as good as it was on the iPhone until about 2015, 2016. And then the, the keyboards just got better and the interface got better. And it was just such, a, such an improvement and it made typing so much easier. And the support for the, like, the, 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 the thumb swiping methods became kind of more integrated. Whereas before that, you'd, you'd bought an app and hoped that it was compatible with your device. When that feature was sort of integrated into Android, that was, that, that was a big, big development a good feature for me but i mean these days it's basically basically camera software isn't it really that's i think it's probably the, the main thing that affects you the most day to day. yeah i'm trying to think about like now that, now that you're saying this i'm trying to think back even like in the past like seven years and think about like the big features that i was excited for in an update um i mean there's some stuff like siri coming to mac on the desktop that i mean that whether that was exciting and in hindsight, maybe not, but like at the time it might've been kind of cool. Yeah. I'm trying to think of like Android features that I was excited for. I mean, most of it is like, it's a lot of it. Even now, if you look at like, if you go to like the iOS 14 homepage, a lot of that, most of what's there that's new is small stuff. It's yeah. little, little tweaks that make little things more convenient. Like when you get a text with a one-time code, it copies it to your clipboard, that kind of thing, like little stuff that's really nice, but it's not like mind blowing new features like we're talking about. Yeah. I think maybe VPN integrated support on Android is one of the big ones. And you know, that's really dry and boring, isn't it? Yeah. It's not super exciting. Yeah. If you use that, then you'll be excited about it, but it's not like a feature to put on the website yeah. to promote it to people. Totally. Totally. Um, I mean, the, the only good feature, I mean, I mentioned it earlier that um, the, the desktop thing with the Samsungs and, um, it's integrated into Android 10, but it's built into a lot of Samsungs. And, you know, it's such a good feature that I never use it because I use it as a backup. So if, if anything happened to my laptops, either of my laptops, then I would be able to fall back on my Samsung device and set that up as a, as a computer uh, through the um, DEX system feature. But I never use it. So, you know, it's there as a backup. But 
I've used it about five or six times, basically, just for fun. It's not a selling point. No, exactly. It's more of just yeah. a nice, nice thing to have. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Keeping your games consoles up to date is really important because you can get some awesome features with games consoles at the moment. Uh, now, I know um, I, I remember seeing a conversation that you were having, Ben, about the uh, user interface on the PS5. I was wondering, yeah, I'm not a... is that, has that been reflected on the PS4? Well, it's it's not the PS5 itself is okay. It's the problem I have is more the the website interface and the app. So in right. preparation for the PS5's launch in like November, early November of 2020, they revamped both the, the mobile app on both platforms mm. and the website, the, the PS Store. So uh, the PS5's interface is I'm, I'm, I think it's okay. There's a few minor quirks, but the app and the, and the site are the two I think really took a step backwards, but that wasn't an update that while well, the app was, but the website was just here it is now, you know, there's not really any way out of it. And how important is it to update a PlayStation? I mean, it's as important as any other device. And I, since we didn't explicitly say it, I guess the reason that updating something keeps it secure, if you, if you're not aware, um, is just that it, it installs the latest, um, Installing the latest software just prevents known exploits from existing on your device, right? Yeah. So if, if hackers figure out that you can break into an iPhone by doing X, Y, and Z in a row, uh, if you haven't updated when Apple fixed that, then you're you're still vulnerable to that attack. So it's kind of like a game of cat and mouse, you know, where it's just security researchers are trying to fix these problems before hackers find them and use them to exploit your device. So, I mean, if someone's going to break into a platform, I mean, a, a PlayStation's probably not quite as... Uh, lucrative as a as breaking into an iphone or something like that but still important yeah um generally those updates it's kind of a joke at least with ps4 is that a lot of the updates just said they were for greater system stability and people always joked like you know how stable can a device be i've already installed 10 of these stability updates but hmm. they're good you know you don't want your games to crash so if there's some kind of problem with a particular game and an update fixes it then that's important and you get new features sometimes too um sometimes they're not great like we just talked about um another thing that happened with the ps4 was that when the ps5 was coming out there was a big update on the playstation 4 to kind of reformat how parties worked um most people agree that that really wasn't a great thing it changed the uh, the way you could just make a quick party and invite people it changed it to where you have to have an existing group of people it's just kind of a pain so um most of the time though when there's an update you have to in install it to keep playing online. That's the other thing too. Um, whether you're updating a game or the console software itself, if you don't update it, then you're pretty much stuck offline until you do. So, so how do you update on a PlayStation Four and PlayStation Five? Yeah, PS4 is through the software menu or the settings menu rather. So on PS4, it's just settings in the top right corner, uh, and then you go to just system software update, and then choose to update now from there. Um, if you have your settings turned on to update automatically, your PlayStation should do it. Um, sometimes when you turn it on from rest mode, you'll see a, a bubble that says that your system was updated. Um, again, like we said, most of the time, not super exciting. Um, and then PS5 is similar. It's a few more steps deep, though. PS5 is settings, system, system software, and then system software update. Um, and that'll, that'll get you to the, op the update on the PS5. So... And again, if your settings are turned on, it'll do it for you when it's most convenient. But 
Yeah. Or when it's most convenient for your system, not for you necessarily. Yes. <laughs> Something else you can do too. Um, I didn't mention this specifically. Sometimes I, I think it's built into the PS5, but I'm, I'm not sure where. But you can always look up um, like the change log for updates too. So if you see that your PS5 was updated to version 8.1 or whatever, if you just look up PS5 version 8.1 change log, it'll tell you what they fixed, what's new. Most of the time it's all bug fixes that's not really exciting. But if there actually is a new feature, it'll tell you what it is and what it means for you. Okay. Uh, and I've just been checking uh, for the Xbox whilst you've been doing that. So uh, we should probably give a mention to the Xbox uh, the Xbox One and the Xbox Series X and Series S. They're all the same. I've just been confirming on the Xbox One that the steps are the same. They are the same. So you'd open the Xbox button to go to the guide. Then you go to the profile in the system, find the settings button, select that. Then you go to up system, then updates. And if an update is available, then you select update console. You can also check when the last update was by selecting uh, latest console update status. Now I can see now that my Xbox One was last updated on the 10th of February, which was uh, five days ago at quarter past midnight. So that's nice. It didn't interrupt yeah, nice my little enjoyment of it at all. It is reading reading through those steps. It is funny how like identical the Series S and X are to the Xbox One. Like looking at those screenshots, you could tell me it was on an Xbox One, and I yeah. would believe you. Well, I, I followed them on my Xbox One just to confirm, and they're exactly the same on the Xbox One. So, what about the Nintendo Switch? Now, I've only just had a Nintendo Switch for a few months, and I'm not entirely certain how to update it. I'm assuming it happens in the background while I'm not playing Turrican. Yeah, it does do it. It will update in the background too. Um, but it's it's like most of the others, pretty simple. So system settings on the home menu, which is the gear icon. And then you scroll through the system, which should be the last option on that left sidebar. And then if you find system update, it should tell you right there, um, there's an update available and then it'll prompt you. Unlike some of the other consoles, the system updates on the Switch are really fast. Like it'll install and reboot in like 30 seconds. It's lightning quick. Um, but yeah, it'll also it should also do them in the background. Cool. I, um, I mean, which if you if you if you have that set do keep in mind too by the way with the games console if you have system updates set to install in the background if there's a system update and your system is in rest mode so it's not fully powered off and you're like you've suspended a game basically if it updates uh, your system while that's happening then you're going to lose progress in your game that wasn't saved so even if you put your system in suspend mode make sure you save your game so that that doesn't, doesn't lose you any progress top tip top tip I, um, I, uh, ben will know this, and obviously you won't, dear listener. Uh, I've only just got hold of the Nintendo Switch a few months ago, and I basically got hold of it under the auspices of family entertainment, but mainly because I wanted the uh, the Turrican game, which I knew was coming out, which is like a remastered version of four old 16-bit games, and um, uh, Turrican Flashback, I think it's called, and... Um, but you know, I've been I've played so many other games with it, and but the only other game I put in as much time as Turrican Flashback is Duke Nukem 3D, which I found for almost pennies in the Nintendo Switch Winter Sale, and I have a feeling this is I'm probably not alone with this. I feel as though the Nintendo Switch is like the best retro gaming system out there because I've got hold of two, well, five basically classic games. And there's also a few old Mario games on there as well, which I've um, pulled um, out of the store. And I, I just find just playing them is just so easy and effortless compared with like, you know, like 
dedicated retro gaming systems where you feel as though there is something slightly in the way. Um, for instance, the the the, the um, NES Classic Mini or the the C sixty four or the C sixty four Mini. I just feel like there's something just getting in the way of like the the original enjoyment of those games. Whereas with the Nintendo Switch, just playing old games on that, it's just seamless. Yeah, it is. there's a lot of opportunities like that on the eShop. There's like the Castlevania collection, yeah. which has a bunch of like uh, several old games all in one. Um, and one of the benefits that the Switch has is that it, like I, 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 you said it's really good for retro gaming. I agree. I think it's also really great for indies, too, because there's so many indie games that were like previously only on PC or uh, just great indie games from the PS3 and PS4 era that are all at home on the Switch now. So it's a great place for, if, if you haven't been playing too much in the last couple of generations, the Switch is a great place for that um, with those collections. And it's nice too with the Joy-Cons because for simple games like that, you have two controllers right out of the box. Yeah. Um, we should probably uh, move on to our last topic on this everything else that you have around the house that requires updating you have a router no doubt and you might have uh, the odd bit of smart equipment you might have an amazon echo or a, a google home hub or any of those things smart television boxes and for these things i mean there's really there isn't like a simple answer to how to update them you basically you need to go into the settings or search muo.com and find the correct instructions for your device it's i mean it can be difficult i mean in some cases if you have a smart home device and it is it has an app with it then you can use the app on your phone to update that device update the firmware right. on that. It, it really does depend there is no kind of it isn't unified in the same way that a desktop operating system or a mobile operating system or a game console is it's a different kettle of fish so you do need to take your time to just spend a few minutes researching how to update it because it could be that you're going to get new features my uh my Robovac had this is my Robovac was scared of shadows when we first got it. Really? Yeah, so basically I've never the, heard of that happening. If before. the sun was cascading through the window, it would be fine. But if as soon as the Robovac came to a window a shadow cast by the window frame, it would stop and back off. Um it's something to huh. do yeah, it's something to do with um, depth detection. So the same feature that it has for falling downstairs or avoiding. The avoidance oh, of falling yeah, yeah. downstairs yeah it was something to do with that but it was so funny just watching it edging closer to the window being scared by the shadows of backing back out or getting stuck as it usually did in its own sort of turning circle so yeah do check your devices have you run into any weird updates like that with anything i'm trying to think um I don't think I have any like weird devices that update like that. I know I'm pretty sure the Amazon Echo is just always up to date, like yeah. because it's always online. It just pulls the latest update. Yeah, like like you said, most of them, like especially if there's no screen, updating through an app is usually the easiest way to do it. Even like your printer can update, but that's usually pretty minor. I'm trying to think of any other like random devices that would need updating. Router, the router is a semi-tricky one because depending on how new and advanced your router is, sometimes there's just a check for updates button and it'll it'll install and apply them by itself. Yeah. If your router's a little bit older, you might have to like, it'll tell you with a firmware and then you may have to manually Google latest firmware for this model. And then if there's a newer version, you have to download it and then upload it to your router, which is kind of clunky. But most routers don't get security updates very often, so you shouldn't have to do that too many times. Uh, the thing about routers provided by um, ISPs, however, the ISPs might update them. So you do need to 
kind of be aware of that fact. That's true because they can access them remotely. Yeah. So they might prompt an update without you having to do it. Yeah. Yeah. But um, overall, um, do you know what? I think we've probably covered everything that we can cover on the topic of keeping your tech up to date. Well, we haven't covered updating apps on the platforms, but that's a whole other story. That's, so <laughs> that's a whole different, really useful podcast. Uh, we will be back with a new show uh, next week. Uh, in the meantime, let us know if you have any problems. We are the really useful podcast from muo.com, the podcast for technophobes. We're here to answer any questions you've got and provide the answers that you need. You can find us on Apple Podcasts. You can find us on Google Podcasts and all the other places you find podcasts. We will be there. Until next time, it's goodbye from myself, Christian Crawley, and from Ben Stegner. And goodbye from me. Yes, thanks for listening. Take care, everyone. Goodbye.